When you start to control your three-part house and get that in alignment, that is called self-mastery. You are now governing yourself. You are not allowing your democracy to overpower you. And now you're in a dictatorship with yourself. Internal struggle. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder, and I'm here to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy, vitality, and joy and become the CEO of your health. Let's jump on in. Hey, one more thing. Did you know that one of the biggest nutrient deficiencies that I see in people, especially women, is a magnesium deficiency? It's because we burn through this super mineral so quickly. Now, this powerful mineral packs a massive punch because magnesium is involved in over 600 reactions in the body. Now, it is your best friend if you need more energy, better sleep, a faster metabolism, improved digestion, and not to mention happier periods. And you can quickly replenish your magnesium levels with my Essentially Whole Magnesium Restore Supplement made with my favorite form of magnesium, magnesium glycinate. Use promo code PODCAST and get 10% off your entire order at drmarisa.com slash magnesium. Now I'll have the link in the show notes for this episode to make it easy. Go and try it out today. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Dr. Bryant. How are you doing today? I am doing so amazing. And thank you so much, Dr. Marisa, for having me on. I'm excited to provide tools and information that I know that your audience will be able to use that are extremely resultful and impactful. I agree with that 100%. Hey, Dr. Brent, I want to just start with asking you kind of what was that defining moment for you? You've got so many accolades. You are doing so many big things. You are helping people to heal themselves, to heal their relationships, and to really overcome some of the biggest obstacles around trauma. What was the impetus for you wanting to have this as your life's work? Yeah, totally. For myself, and I love that question because I always tell people, you know, you don't find your purpose when you find yourself, there goes your purpose. They're married. They're more than married. They're actually, they abide in each other. So they're one. And as you find who you are, you find your purpose. And then when you find that at what you love and that lights you up and that you're really freaking organically, naturally good at, you find your audience, you put a price to it and everyone's happy. You win because you're doing things that are serving the people that are your village and you're doing something that keeps you fed while you're feeding them. And obviously they're getting the feeding. And so it's a win-win situation. And that's what life is about, the win-win, right? It's not about the one-ended win. But for me, I know that I started my healing journey years, years back, and I ran into a lot of pain pockets and, and some trauma and abandonment and neglect issues that I was aware of. And I, some I was not aware of. And through looking at my broken pieces, you know, because the cure for the pain is in the pain. And for me, when I went back into my pain and I started to look at these pieces and put them back together one by one, I started to figure out how to make peace from my broken pieces. And when I got to that place of what I call God's peace, I was thinking, okay, hold on. Like there's magic in this, right? How did I get to this other side of pain? How did I get from a place of darkness to find the light switch? within my room, i.e. my world and my life. And I got to figure out these principles and what these principles look like. And so I went and literally took inventory of my entire healing journey and said, how the heck did I do this? And I developed these principles, which is what we call the ABCs of manifestation. And I'm going to implement these into my private practice with my clients on and off camera. And when I did that, Dr. Marisa, I started to see the same magic in healing and the same transformation in each of my clients one by one. And so as I started to see that, 
I realized that, yes, the payment that they submitted after or before our session, the payments that I was receiving after or before my workshops with the corporate partners that I have and so forth was nice. But the feeding that I got from seeing each client have breakthrough after breakthrough and healing after healing and this, this really magical transformation, that was my real paycheck. That's when I said, this is it. Like I'm in my sweet spot. I'm in my vortex, vortex, as Abraham Hicks says. And I've arrived into something that allows me to see the bigger than me picture and still be able to be fed and learn while I'm giving principles and I'm witnessing and, and helping breakthroughs. I'm able to experience that myself. And so it just a really beautiful like matrimony ceremony that happens. And I just, I can't leave this field. I'm, I love it. It feeds me. I have not became codependent, but I'm very interdependent with my clients and this whole healing and helping people get to a better place. And and I always say it's a human right for people to have mental health, peace of mind, and a great quality of life. And so as I'm bringing the great quality of life to people and I'm removing the clips that they have from who they really are and seeing them become this empowered, like beautiful rose. It's just magic that I would never want to miss ever. And I just couldn't miss it. So I don't, I show up every day for myself and for them. And it feels really, really good. Hmm. I want to talk a little bit about, I want to get into finding ourselves to find our purpose in just a moment. But before we do that, I want to talk a little bit about you showing up for you because you are showing up for so many people. When we have these kind of conversations, the question I don't ask enough especially from healers like yourself, who are really holding the container, helping people create these massive transformation. Can you walk us through some of the things that you were doing, Dr. Bryant, to really allow you, anchor you in so that you can kind of be the conduit to making these transformations happen? Yeah. The epitome of of what you just asked, which is a a brilliant question, is self-love. And the epitome of self-love one of the epitome of self-loves is boundaries. And so I have a beautiful garden that I have taken inventory of back when I started my healing journey. And I took inventory of this garden and I rooted up and plowed out and pruned all the stuff that did not serve me, that wasn't in alignment or conducive to what tops me up, fills me up, brings me peace. And I planted all these peaceful, loving seeds that many other seeds on top of that, that I really love. And I always describe it as I have this really big door that's at the front of my garden. And I have this beautiful like angel that manages that door for me just so that I don't have to be there, right? Witnessing or having to say yes or no. And I have a a few characteristics and attributes that people have to come with in order for them to access my garden, i.e. me. And at that door, the, the angel says, hey, what's up? You know, who are you? What do you come with? And they pour that out. And the angel says, okay, you are granted or you are not. And when they're not granted, I have gotten to a place of not feeling guilty because my self-love means more to me than allowing access to dysfunction or toxicity that I know that I am going to have to plow out when that individual tends to leave my access or my life or my garden. So boundary is one huge thing. So that it's allowed me to have this really beautiful circle of wealth, which is health of people who feed me and I feed them. We're plugged into each other. It's not them plugged into me and now I'm drained and there's no outage for me. That was very, very important. I find that to be something that's really important for people to do too. My clients, they're going, Hey, I'm drained, whether it's their kids or their partners or work or friends or family, but it's because it's a one-way plug-in and and life doesn't work like that. Um, The other thing that I make sure I do is that I, again, self-care, I make sure that 
I am taking the weekends or the weeks or the days off as a preventative measure, not an interventive measure so that I'm not getting to burnout. I'm saying, okay, I know that once a month or once every two weeks, I'm leaving for the weekend or I spend the day to myself or I'm having my God time where it's just me and God and I'm, I'm doing nothing all day, but whatever I want to do. And there's this things we have to do so that we can do the things we want to do. But what happens is people get so caught up in the what I have to do because they get the feeling of productivity. Mm-hmm. They get to do the things they want to do because they feel like, oh, that's not being productive. Not knowing that the what I want to do things is what recharges you and gives you all of the backbone to go do what you have to do. And so for mama bears, it's like, yeah, you have to tend to your child. You have to be nurturing. You have to show up and you have to provide. There's all kinds of moving parts that come with being a mother. But what are those things that you just want to do and the things you do not want to do? You have to have days. And I mean, at least minimum once a week where you're saying everything today is about what I want to do. I'm going to be extremely selfish and do it all because being selfish is the most selfless thing you can do to the ones that you love. When you get yourself to a place of filled up, topped off, you have everything to give them. And so I nurture and I really invest a lot in myself. And that's the only way I'm able to be such a huge investment in my loved ones and my clients and my on and off camera clients, the way that I'm able to, because otherwise, no matter how much I love what I do at some point, burnout is also something I can experience. I'm not exempt from that just because I love what I do and I'm good at it. I still have to nurture and I have to pour into myself. Hmm. So, well, thank you so much for sharing. And thank you so much for all the insight. There were so many gems there. I want to keep on focus to purpose. I know so many people find themselves wanting to find purpose. And something that was so poignant that you started off in this conversation was that in order to find purpose is you've got to find yourself. And a lot of people do, they feel lost, you know, or they're on the track that their families put them on, or they're on the track based on limiting beliefs and negative self-talk. And they kind of don't even know what track they're on anymore or what's going on. And so how do you help to tease out us really getting to know who we truly are and that our, our passion and our purpose comes through. Yeah. The most important thing is to show up in who you are, right? And, and, and not live in dogma. Dogma being you living in a way that matches or satisfies outside people, societal constructs, the way that you should per se be living, the person you should per se be dating, where you should be at this certain age. And you really focus on who am I? Like really, who am I? Take an inventory list of who am I? And let that be just privy between you and yourself and write out that list and then say, okay, so how many of these things do I really like about myself? And what do I really not like about me? Not what do the outside people not like about me? That's dogma. But what do I really love? Okay. They may not like that. I'm quirky quirky and I'm goofy and I'm a little awkward and weird, but I tend to really love that about myself. So guess what? I'm going to keep that. And for those who don't like it, they can figure out what to do with it. I'm okay with that. And so as you start to really get a sense of self, right? And sense of self is really where your freedom is. Your freedom is in you. When you are disconnected from you, you have an internal struggle that feels chaotic and you feel the disconnect. It's chaotic. It's, it's, you feel the distortion of it. And so as you find your sense of self, you then connect and you align with who you are. And that's where your freedom and your peace and all this good stuff comes at. And this is also where you start to calibrate at the highest vibration to attract everything that's you. Because the law of attraction is you attract who you are despite of who you think you are. And the other way to figure out who you are is take an inventory as well as what you've been attracting. Take an inventory of your experiences with it of other people and with other circumstances. Write that down. Okay, I tend to experience people in a very 
positive way. I tend to experience people in a very naive way. I tend to put this blanket of all people are good. And then I find out that they're not right. So this is showing you who you are and then start to be okay with who you are while you draw out who you want to become, but become that within who you really are. And so when you get to that place of having a very, very stern, uh, firm, sturdy openness and like, I know who I am. And I know what I love about myself and I know what I don't like about myself, but I found how the things I don't like about myself also serve me. Then you start to say, okay, now I know who I am. Okay. So what feels good about what I do with who I am? That is your purpose. What feels good about what you do with who you are is your purpose because your purpose is your legacy and legacy is not what you leave people. That's your will and that's your trust and all that is fun. But legacy is what you leave in people. So what are you leaving inside of people that once you're gone, they take with them forever? Unlike a car or a house that you can sell or get rid of, legacy is what people keep. And it's nothing that someone can tangibly sell or take. Folks have it forever. Okay, that's really powerful. So really doing, that first step is taking inventory. That first step is really doing a deep dive about who you are, about what you love. And even looking at, beliefs that you may be, like I said, societal beliefs, societal ways of operating, like kind of teasing that out to find out who you are. Because there's one more piece, right? So in your journey of finding who you are and getting this sense of self, you know, words don't teach experience does. And so we have to be open to something you said, which is some of the societal constructs that maybe we're not supposed to do or the person we're not supposed to date or the place we're not supposed to travel, right? Be okay with getting those experiences because those experiences are going to create contrast and contrast as much as we hate it is our best friend because contrast shows us what we don't like and why does the world to destruction narrows the world to happiness, peace, and joy. And so you start off very wide and experiences that give you contrast narrow your world by you saying, don't like that. Don't like that. Do love this. Do love this. And the idea is go get those experiences. Be okay in getting those experiences. Don't limit yourself to the experiences because you limit yourself to seeing what experiences of yourself you like or don't like. That's how you build who you are and you find out who you are in the trenches, in the cracks and crevices, in the experiences with different relationships, friendships, business, partners. Go in those places and trust yourself enough to know when to pivot when it's time. And that's what's most important. You know, as I'm listening to this, I'm thinking, I mean, I love it. And I, I, my thought is that there are definitely times where it's going to feel uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, a lot of times, <laughs> a lot of times. Yeah. And I know that the good work, like you said, in the trenches, that's where the treasure is. That's where we really do. That's really incredible self-discovery. But I bet a lot of what you're helping people to manage is the discomfort, is the like, I don't know if I want to see all that. What is some sage wisdom that you can offer around the discomfort besides like embrace it? (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I love one of my favorite quotes. Les Brown says it best. He says, feel the pain and do it anyways. And that's the boldness of having this strong belief and faith in yourself that when I feel the pain and I do it anyways, I trust myself to make the right decision after. And I trust that whatever decision is made on my behalf, There's this thing called source that I'm plugged into that has made the best decision possible for me because all things are working for me. Nothing is working against me. And it's not what it looks like. It's what I will have it to be, which will be working for me. And I want to say, you know, 
folks who look to experts like myself and many other experts or pastors or whatever people look to, right, for their empowerment and for their guidance, we do a lot of work. And yeah, we have gone through a lot of the trenches and we have uh, obtained a lot of the tools to get to a place and maintain where we are. However, we too experience a lot of the discomfort still in our growing process. So don't look at us like, oh, that's unattainable, or I want to get where he or she is and be in this place of no discomfort. No, once you conquer that one mountain of discomfort, it just gets you to a higher place so you can get the view of what the next higher mountain looks like for you to say, okay, break time here for a second, but then it's go time in the next minute. And in that discomfort, you have to have the awareness of it and not be afraid of it to say, okay, right now I'm in fear. And if I don't know, if you don't know what that fear means, stay, hear me loud and clear, everyone who's listening. If you don't know what your fear means, that means that you need to stay in that circumstance or stay in that relationship until what you fear is exposed to you. Detaching from what you're afraid of only reroutes you to another situation or person to bring awareness to that same fear. So you're in your own way. You prolong the sense of self that's going to show you, well, this is what you're afraid of. And this is the tools that you need to not be afraid of it. But when you feel it and you stay in it, you're able to get the vision. You're able to get the wisdom and the experience and lesson that teaches you, this is what I'm afraid of. And I don't need to be, or this is what I'm afraid of. And this is the tool I need to work through that better when it comes back up. But running from it does nothing because it it runs with you. It's you. You can't run from yourself and it's everywhere you go. Mm, Like a pattern. Yeah, 100%. Yes. One of the things that I love that you said is that everything's working for you. Probably one of my absolute favorite affirmations, beliefs, you know, even in the muck of the muck, I always quote I love by Mary Morrissey is a dear friend of, of Les Brown is hold the vision, not the circumstance. Mm. Like when you're in it, you're like, hold the vision, not where, not what you're in right now, not the muck that you're in. That's where you got to be and that it's all working out for me. And, and I'm wondering, you know, all the work that you've done, Dr. Bryant too, there's even when you're in it, there's that deep knowing like a Northern star or a compass that you can stay with. It's like, okay, I've been here before. There were smaller hurdles than there are today. This is a bigger hurdle, but these are the things that I know to be true. Even when I'm in this messy piece of it, are these some of the the lessons that you kind of help and gear people up with as they're trying to navigate some of this ways that they're, they can just kind of stay the path, even though it feels so tumultuous. 100% love what you just said. And I always call it for myself and clients, I call it our Moses journey. And the reason why I call it as because, you know, Moses was on this harmonious, painful journey with all these people following him. And they're like telling him like, where are you taking us? And why are we going the long route? We could have went the shorter route. And now we, we get to this red sea and we can't cross it. And we got these people behind us of an army who's outnumbered us and they're definitely going to kill us. There's no chance of winning and we're sitting in the Red Sea. So if we cross the Red Sea, we die. If we stay here, we're dead. So we're pretty much crap out of luck. And what I like about Moses, why I call it the Moses journey is he sat there and he just sat in the seat of self and said, you know what? I don't know what the answer is, but I do know one thing that it's all working for me. And if I stay here long enough, stay in the discomfort long enough, something has to come from it, something good. 
the Red Sea parts. Obviously, they walk across. Red Sea comes back together so that the folks, the army behind them can't get them. And now you're on your Moses journey. But staying in that discomfort and not retreating or panicking and figuring out where to go, let's leave, allowed magic to happen. A Red Sea to open up, allowed them to get to the other side of their fear and not just their fear, but now safety. And that's what happens when you're on your Moses journey, which is what you just described, Dr. Marissa, which is, okay, I'm stuck. I'm in here. I'm I'm in fear. I don't know what to do. I can't keep my eye on the vision because I keep seeing the circumstance because if we're going to talk transparency in real life, it is challenging to keep your eye on the vision when you got circumstance sitting there just beating a drum louder, the circumstance narrative becomes louder than your vision. And you're going, what do I do now? And how do I not buckle into circumstance and wavering, get weary and well-doing? Well, it's what you say, you hold the vision. And you understand that if I don't know how to move forward, all I have to do is stay put. Because there's power in being still and staying put because you get more in that than you do when you retreat. So the thing is to trust yourself First, trust whatever source you believe in. For me, it's God. Everyone has their own source and I am not knocking any of them. If it works for you, trust it. But then also trust the process that whatever process you're on, that journey is specially uniquely built for you. We all have what I call flow of a river that is built only for us. So Dr. Marisa, you have your own river that was created so beautifully for you and has everything you want in it. And all you have to do is surrender to your river, put your hands up on your floaty, flow down the river. And just like a a video game, you eat your coins as you go down and they're all the things you ever wanted. Instead of saying, I'm afraid of the river, I don't know what's there. I don't trust the process. I don't trust myself or my floaty. I'm going to swim upstream to get the hell out of here. And as you swim upstream, a couple of things, you're getting away from what's yours. You're in extreme resistance. Nothing comes to you when you're in resistance. The universe can't even pour in because you're in resistance. Resistance is saying, stop, don't pour in. I don't want it because it's not here. And we don't know that we're in that place unless we're given tools. But as you let go, you go down your flow and you collect everything you want. And the more you collect, you become empowered and you start to trust. Wait a minute. This thing called the process is really working for me. This trust thing is working out because every time I surrender and trust, It doesn't happen when I want it, but magic happens. And that's the vision that I hear you say, hold on to the magic. Even if you can't hold on to a vision, hold on to the trusting the process that there's magic that happens when you get to the Red Sea parts. There's magic that happens when you're in your beautiful river. Go and collect and really quick, you know, life and your thoughts and your mind are here to serve you. You're not here to serve it. And when you understand that there's a power in that, And there's a strong confidence that almost appears like arrogance sometimes, not with people, but with yourself that says, wait a minute, you're here to serve me. So being that you're here to serve me, let me tell you what you'll be serving today. Let me tell you what I need you to think, what I need you to feel, and how I need you to behave. When you start to control your three-part house and get that in alignment, that is called self-mastery. You are now governing yourself. You are not allowing your democracy to overpower you. And now you're in a dictatorship with yourself, internal struggle. Mm, So powerful. Gosh, I was just thinking about resistance and how often unconsciously we're in it or consciously we're in it. We're just resisting, resisting, resisting. And we wonder why nothing good's coming through. And so it's so powerful of that surrender. I know that, I know that you got to get going pretty soon. 
One last piece of advice I'd love to give. Is there a micro shift for becoming more comfortable with surrender or stepping deeper into surrender? Because I, so I know often unconsciously we're resisting and we don't even know we are. <laughs> we're just fighting it the whole way. The whole way. We got our boxing gloves on. We're in the boxing ring and we don't even know it. You're so right. That's the part right there that concerns me the most. It's when the person doesn't know it. Because if you don't know it, you can't, you don't know it. You can't help what you don't know, right? And so awareness is like the power blow that gets you to everywhere you need to go. And so just some tips and tools on how to figure out, am I being resistant to this? right? It's like, okay, well, if you are feeling the lack of something, 100% resistance. So if you're asking like, oh my God, I really want it. It's not here. Resistance. That's how you know what happens is as you're asking for it, something that you want to be there and you continuously beat the horse to ask for it. You're only doing that because you're telling the universe, I realize it's not here. You're moving too slow. So I'm going to keep beating until it comes. Well, as you beat, it slows down the process because the universe senses what lack and law of attraction is you attract who you are, what you're calibrating, not who you think you are. So universe says, oh, you realize it's not there, Dr. Marisa. Well, guess what? I'm going to give you more of it not being there. Maybe six more months, maybe a year. How do you go into surrender mode? I've asked for it. And I remember a time when I've asked for something or a few things or a lot of things and they did come. I don't remember the time frame and it probably didn't come when I wanted to. But I know that because I'm practicing this, I know for sure it's going to come. So now all I have to do is plant different seeds. This is where you can start to practice the surrendering process. And it also keeps your mind occupied while you're waiting for the first seed that you plant. I tell my clients this all the time and they love it. When you plant that one seed, asking is planting a seed. Say today you plant a seed of asking for whatever you ask for. Cool. Leave it alone. Tomorrow or in a few hours, plant another seed. The next day in a few hours, plant another seed. The idea is that you're planting so many seeds throughout the day or every single day. There's never should be a day that you are not planting. There's never a day you should not be planting is just asking. Ask away. Ask for things you don't think can come. And just ask away. Every time you ask, you plant a seed. What happens is at some point, you start to cultivate your harvest. And you realize that out of these 50 seeds that you planted, all of a sudden, every day, you're having a harvest of something you planted. So you're never in a dry season. You're always receiving something you planted two years ago, five years ago, two days ago, five months ago, because they come in their season, not the season you want them to come in. And so if you plant oranges and apples and pears and cherries, and because I have a big old garden, all of my fruit come in different seasons and some stay longer. But if I only plant one tree, an orange tree that only comes, say, January through May, then I'm going to be deprived May through December. But instead of doing that, I planted everything. So when I go out, it's like there's roses, even if the lilies are dead. There's cherries when the apples are not growing. And, you know, there's avocados when the pomegranates are not here. So I always have something that I can look at and go, oh, I have growth over here. Oh, I have a harvest over here. And the idea of that is you're cultivating this very empowered, very enlightened, high vibrational wealth of a garden where everything is constantly growing at some point. And while you're waiting for the cherries, you get to pick on something else. When you're waiting for the avocados, you get to pick on your tomatoes. So you're not focused on the fact that what? That there's lack because there's never lack. So your job is to be planting your little tail off every day, every second, write down a harvest list. What the heck do I want to see in my life? 
plant those seeds every day through an email, through a text message, through a phone call, through a group, through a podcast, through listening to something on a YouTube. Every day you should be planting. And I'm telling you this because I've done this for years and it got to a point, I'm not exaggerating, where my harvest and my life started to grow so much. I became drained, but a positive dream, but I was exhausted. And I remember having to tell God like, okay, I'm really grateful. I promise you, I'm not being ungrateful at all, but can you send me more employees, more staff, more of something? Because I need more something, more gardeners, more water to sustain this beautiful garden. I have planted so much. I can't even eat it all. And God said, well, my love, this here is what abundance is. And just because you have all of it, you don't have to eat all of it. But you can just sit in it and go, look at my garden. And that's where you want to be. And then when you get to that place, that's when you start to want to give away your garden, your abundance. And you get to feed so many people off of what you planted. And then they learn themselves, oh, that's the principles of how to do this. So yeah, it's magic. Plant every day. Before you know it, every day you're waking up to a harvest and life never gets dull. You might get a little exhausted from the good stuff. But I'd rather be exhausted from the good stuff than exalted or drained because I'm at a Red Sea going, I don't know what to do. I didn't plant anything. Mm -hmm. Oh, so powerful. I mean, gosh, so many wonderful pieces of wisdom. But this last one, too, just any of us can do that. We can all just get started. It's so profound. And I know that we can go and get more of you on your website. Can you just share that with us? I'm going to have it in the show notes, too. So we'll be able to grab it and on where we can find you on Insta. Absolutely. For more on your favorite life coach, Dr. Bryant, go to my website, drbryant.co. That's drbryant.co. My Instagram is underscore Dr. Bryant, or you can Google me, Dr. Cheyenne Bryant, and my book, Mental Detox, and all the stuff that I'm involved with, MTV, Teen Mom, Family Reunion, everything pops up, number one on Google. So don't forget to plant seeds, plant them all day, every day. And I just wish that you all have the capacity to receive and enjoy your harvest because I know it will come one by one before you know it to be abundance of it so enjoy it thank you thank you so much hands down one of the most powerful ways to cultivate abundance outside of self-care is planting the seeds and i love how simple dr bryant broke it down for us just a second ago because here's the deal if not now then when Start planting those seeds for 2023 and beyond. Take a moment today to start putting it out there and make it a habit. You know, one of the journals that I write in every single day, which is the Speed Dial the Universe journal, I actually fill out a part of that journal every day. I spend one to two minutes planting those seeds of abundance. And I am always amazed when they come to fruition because I'm telling you, they will come. The thing about manifesting abundance and really cultivating that energy, that good feeling energy, is when you start to cultivate that energy, it's that opportunities and things present itself for you to take inspired action on. And that's how that harvest comes to be. So the more that we plant those seeds, the more that you will begin to see those opportunities arise that you can claim for yourself to create the life that you want. So I just love the way that Dr. Bryant put it into words today. And if you want more of her, more of this incredible, good energy that she brings to the table, I highly recommend to go check her out on her website, which is going to be in the show notes for this show. Again, thank you so much for listening in today on the Essentially You podcast. The show is all about providing tools to rock your hormones and really feel amazing in your body and create the life that you love. 
If you have a chance, be sure to subscribe to the show and leave a short review. That way we can continue to have more women come find this and become the CEO of their own health. Until the next episode, have an amazing day.